Hi there, this is Jules. If you would like to watch this episode on video, please go to my show page, which is loaradionetwork.com forward slash Jules. That's J-E-W-E-L-S to see the last two videos. All videos and radio shows were completed in absolute love just for you. So please enjoy. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome back, Dr. David Che, my favorite and only co-host. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad to have you back again. It's so great to be back. And you know, um, you know, besides the law of attraction, you know, we always talk about a lot of exciting topics. And I was trying to blend health and wellness into it. And today, for our listeners, I mean, as usual, we're going to have some great information, um, you know, and practical too. So uh, we can share it with you. And practical. Oh, yes. I, I yes. love that. I love that. And, you know, in this day and age where nobody knows about health care or anything like that or if it's too expensive, whatever, you know, really, the law of attraction is all about taking responsibility for ourselves. And the information that you're pro providing us is allowing us to take full responsibility for everything. It's really preventative as well as well-being in order for us to manifest. So this is information that is life-changing. Yes, yes. And like I said, we're not going to bore you with medical jargon or medical information that you'll never use. Everything you're going to hear on here, um, you know, with Jules and I talk about, it's going to be guaranteed that it'll apply to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love that. Okay, so Dr. David Che, where do we start? Well, one of the first things I wanted to talk about, it kind of, it's going to kind of follow up to, remember the, uh, an election night, <laughs> presidential election night, we talked about cholesterol and heart disease? Right. And it, was, it was a big topic. So for those of you who are listening who you know, didn't hear that show, that was a huge show where I talked about that. And there's a part two to that also. So, um, but yeah, and basically the gist of that show, and like I said, a lot of details, the gist of it was that everything mostly that you're taught about heart disease is incorrect. So you're, you're taught that... Um, you know, uh, eating veg more vegetables or a, a low-fat right. diet, uh, cholesterol, heart, heart disease, all that is not true. You know, cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease. Inflammation does. And inflammation is caused by eating the improper, the wrong kind of fats, more the omega-6 fats, um, that causes inflammation. And inflammation, uh, our blood vessels, causes fats to stick to our blood vessels. And that's what clogs our heart up. So it's not so much cholesterol. Cholesterol has not gotten a bad rep. Um, things that are high cholesterol are actually good for you. And you should have more good cholesterol, like eggs, seafood, and things of the sort. Um, so now that we know that part, um, the question comes into is, which is you know part of our topic today, and that is, why is it we see that uh, in these days healthy people have um, heart attacks? Like you know, it seems like people that live healthy, eat healthy. There's just health, so health conscious. How come we still see that? And the prime example was, I mean, the reason I show the Biggest Loser. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The host of it, his name is was Bob Harper or something like that. Uh -huh. Um, it was just a report in the news that he just had a heart attack. Oh gosh. Yeah, the host of the Biggest Loser, who is a fitness guru, just had a heart attack. Oh my so, gosh. And I don't mean I don't mean to single him out, but you'll hear of cases where people that are runners, you know, real, you know, exercise people that are runners and eat healthy. Especially a runner, those runners and, and um, people that eat so healthy, they get a heart attack. And you're like, well, he's slim, he's not, he doesn't smoke, you know, he's not overweight. How do they get heart attacks? And how, how does someone like Bob Harper get a heart attack? That's a great question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here, here, this kind of follows up, you know, to what we had talked about, in, you know, my segment on cholesterol and the myth of the heart disease thing. So when you kind of go on Bob Harper's website and um, examine what you know the kind of stuff he does. Well, you you haven't been on Bob Harper's website, right? No, I haven't. No, okay, okay. Well, if you go on the website, what you kind of see is 
he he first of all he's a vegetarian which I'm totally against. You know, he's a veg- he's a vegetarian, and then he um, his diets consist a lot of cardio exercise and uh, pasta and lean chicken. Okay, uh... so I mean, it's, it's, but isn't that what most health conscious people are? They're runners. They like go running and they eat a lot of pasta, right? And they eat a lot of lean chicken. Isn't that kind of what they mostly do? We we see them do a lot, right? Right. Okay. On the surface, that's like super healthy, isn't it? We go, like, oh yeah, there's no fat. It's all this. Yeah. But if that was the case, then why is heart disease still the number one killer? You know, it hasn't gone down. It keeps going up, or at least staying the same. It's not. It's not decreasing like what we would expect. Right. You see, and um, so, you know, let's revisit kind of one part of that part, uh, the section when we talked in my election night speech or talk, where we talked about how President Eisenhower was healthy and then. Um, the medical establishment changed his his diet to become low fat. Remember that, right? So President Eisenhower, when he was healthy, he was eating breakfast every day: eggs, bacon, sausage, things things like that. That's what he was eating for breakfast, and and he was healthy, medically healthy. Then they changed his diet because the medical establishment wanted to promote this, you know, this whole thing about low fat and everything. Right. So they they put Eisenhower on a diet of um, chicken, lean chicken. Cold cereal and grapefruit. Okay, that's when his health started to go down majorly, and his cholesterol skyrocketed. If only and, for one reason, it's boring as heck. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like no taste, and anything else. So, yeah. what does that have in common? Well, now that now these people they're eating, they're eating these, these health conscious people. They're running a lot. They're eating um, lean chicken, lots of carbs, pasta. You know, they're eating hardly any chicken, just vegetarian, vegans, vegetarian stuff. So there's definitely something wrong with this, you know. And then, and again, for those of you who are so used to hearing this, I might be the first person to tell to tell you this right now. If you want to avoid heart disease, listen closely. Everything you're hearing go the opposite direction. <laughs> Instead of a low-fat diet, you need to eat a ha- a high-fat diet, a good fats. Butter is actually good for you. <laughs> okay, I margarine is not. Margarine is artificial oil. Okay. Natural fats, lard, come from nature. Lard, margarine, these kind of fats, they're good for you. Okay. I'm gonna Mar- you said margarine. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, butter. Butter. My okay. mistake. Butter and lard, these kind of natural fats, they're good for you. Fish oil, fishes, oil from fish, things, these are good for you. Okay. Um, you want to eat uh, a high fat diet, a um, higher fat diet, and less carbs. Too much carbs, it, it, not only does it build fat, but um, it, 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 it sets you up for other, other issues when you eat too much carbs. And I'm saying car- you shouldn't eat carbs at all. Some people just eat fats only or protein, don't eat any carbs. No, you still need some carbs, but cut down on your carbs and eat more fat, fats and proteins. So you're talking um, pasta, you're talking mashed potatoes, you're talking... Yeah, less, less of that. Less of that, but you still don't have to give it up completely. No, 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 no. I'm just saying... Because these these health conscious people they're telling you, yeah, uh, lean meat, lean meats, no fat, you know, lean meats, and then lots of carbs, you know, and um and and, and there is something else um I didn't mention before when we talked about uh, cholesterol heart disease. These health conscious people they tell you that you need um these like um cardio workouts, high cardio workouts. So right. you know go running, go jogging two miles, three miles, um you know these high cardio workouts, especially in the Biggest Loser, they tell you that a lot, you right. know that show. Well, actually, what you're going to hear on this show is, controver- is, is going to be controversial because I'm going to tell you it's not cardio. Cardio, Actually, too much cardio actually uh, increases your chance of heart disease. Again, everything, is, everything I'm telling you is opposite of what you, uh, our listeners, of which you probably have heard. So this is going to definitely sound, uh, be eye-opening to you. When you have, uh, there's a Harvard study that shows when you do too much cardio, the length and, and endurance, it's actually causing... Um, increases your chance of heart disease. It causes inflammation for the heart. And so it increases your chance of heart disease. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. All yes. right. Well, and that so, tells and, me I'm doing all right then. <laughs> yes. And so it doesn't mean you don't exercise. Okay. <laughs> the, I took it to w- the other way. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the lesson here is, it's the truth here is, it's not the length and um, cardio here. It's the intensity. Oh. So you want to do short bursts of exercise, high high intensity exercise. So like weightlifting, 
just short short bursts of it, not running tw- uh, a marathon or half a marathon, anything like that. Short bursts of energy. So, so maybe you want to you want to do so maybe you want to do a few sprints. You know, a few sprints, uh, weightlifting, you know, lifting weights. You know, short bursts of intense exercise, not not the what's what's commonly taught the long endurance exercise. Okay, so you're talking about five minutes on the treadmill as opposed, five minutes, maybe, yeah, and five minutes of like hard running on the treadmill. And, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, and so um, that explains why. So you, so you see your typical skinny runner that eats pasta because runners eat a lot of pasta, right? Right. So you see, so this explains why you see those those really healthy runners that eat lots of pasta, lean chicken, end up with heart attacks. That's where it comes from. Wow. Because because we're always taught. Eat a low-fat diet, and which is you know, low-fat is chicken, lean chicken, right? Low-fat um, uh, cardio, long, long cardio, do lots of cardio, and uh, lots of pasta for the energy. You know, it gives you a lot of energy, you know. And yeah. so this is what's commonly taught. And so, and even the Biggest Loser, that's what's being promoted, you know, all over. And so, um, um, I'm going to disagree with that. And for listeners of our show, I'm going to tell you the opposite: less cardio, more brief periods of intense exercise. Uh, chicken is good, but you don't have to always eat lean chicken. You know, you can eat uh, fatty, uh, fatter meats. You can eat pork. You can eat beef. Um, you know, you can eat all those those kinds of meats. Uh, eggs are extremely good for you. Don't believe the the, the talk about how cholesterol and eggs are bad for you. Uh, mm. Cholesterol and eggs are very good. Eggs are one of the best foods you can get. And here, here's a little known fact most people don't know, which I just learned recently: an egg contains every single vitamin except vitamin C. Wow. But if you've been listening to my previous talks with Jules, our listeners, you should know that I keep telling you to take vitamin C every single day. So right. if you're eating eggs and taking vitamin C every day, you're covered. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. Yes. 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 <clears throat> so it even so, contains iodine. Uh, well, iodine is a mineral. It's not really a vitamin. Oh, I see. So when I, when see. I say vitamin, I mean like vitamin A, vitamin, vitamin D, you know, vitamin okay. B. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So, That's good. Yes. So if you want to prevent uh, heart disease, you got to do everything that what you what you've been taught. You got to do everything the opposite, almost. Wow. Almost everything. Which it's always reversed of what you've been taught. Because let's use common sense. If uh, you know high pasta, low fat diet with cardio exercise was the way to go, why is heart disease still like the number one one number one killer in the United States? Shouldn't it just be going down? Yeah. You know, but it's always the top of the list. There's heart attacks all the time. So it just means that you know we're not being taught um, the right kind of information. Now you can say whether that's mis- mis- misinformation or if you're a conspiracy theorist, you can say that um, the drug companies just want to keep people on their expensive heart medications and high blood pressure medications and cholesterol medications because it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. So you can say you can say that's what it is, but you know I'm not going to um, say whether that's a conspiracy theory or whether that's misinformation. I'm just going to tell you that well, in this show that your best bet is to go opposite of what you've been taught. Okay, that's good. So one of my favorite things for fat is coconut, virgin coconut oil. Well, yes. I I cook with the eggs in it. Yes, yes. And I put a scoop of it in my coffee. Mm -hmm. And so that's good. And people don't realize that that's actually a natural antibiotic. Yes, 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 that too. Surprisingly, yeah, a, a, a lot of natural foods, the oils are good for uh, good for you in many different ways, not just um, to take in, but like you said, as antibiotic. Wow, amazing, yeah. isn't yeah. it? So for all those years, we were told don't ha- take coconut oil. Because it's it's really not good for you at all, and then now people are taking it and they're finding out that they're actually losing weight normally, naturally. It's it's really um, modern medicine food. Yes. So if you want to, um, and the, the 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 true cause of weight gain isn't really the fats and the proteins; it's the carbs. That's the culprit behind it. Oh. But, you know, but the but the health experts tell you to eat more carbs and less fats and hardly any fats and little protein. So, um, huh? It's the, actually the reverse. You want to lose. I mean, in the, I mean, you want to lose weight or, or minimize your weight gain. Eat less carbs, more fats, and protein because your body can't store protein, but it can store fat. It can store uh, carbs. It, you know, ch- ter- carbs turn into sugar. It can store all that and become turned into fat wow. in your body. 
I yeah. love that. Okay, so you didn't mention anything about sugar, though, David. Well, I think in a previous segment we kind of talked about that, but um, uh, sugar, especially the sugars we have today, are bad, especially uh, high fructose corn syrup. I'm like a big anti-high fructose corn syrup person. And if you go on all your soft drinks, um, high fructose corn syrup is everywhere in our soft drinks. Now, uh, Target, I don't know about Target in California. I'm sure Target's all over the place, but Target is now selling the Coke Coca-Cola, that was the original that America had back in the early 80s. In the early 80s, up to the early 80s, America's Coke was just like the best. It, it, it had the natural cane sugar. Right. And, it, and, and then in the 80s, Coke, Coke found out that they can save money, a lot of money, by going to high fructose corn syrup, so they switched it. But Mexico never went to that for some odd reason. So all the Coke from Mexico is the original Coke that we used to have. And I, and I mentioned Target because Target is now selling. If you, you, it's not in the regular drink section. You have to go to their special drink section in Target. They sell the uh, Coke, and it says Echo Mexico, which translates to Made in Mexico. Uh, if you get that, the six-pack of that, that's the, if you want to drink Coke, that is the Coke you should be drinking. That is um, Coke made with the original cane sugar, which is actually good for you. Okay. So sugar itself isn't a bad thing. It's the white sugar and the um, high fructose corn syrup that can be bad for you. But cane sugar is actually really good for you. So processed sugars are bad for you. Yeah, generally speaking, yes. Yes. Okay. So I mean you can't always avoid it, but you know, I mean the biggest culprit is soft drinks. So if you can get soft drinks that are without I mean, do you guys have Whole Foods Whole Foods Market in California? Uh no. No, okay. No, okay. but I hear they're going out of business anyway. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it's not easy to maintain one of those stores because they have to sell stuff at a higher cost, you know. Right. So, but if you can get the Coke, um, and, and right now uh, at, at our supermarket we have Pepsi that's made with real sugar. It'll say made with real sugar. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if you can if you can find those, that's the kind of soft drink you should be drinking, not the ones that are with high fructose corn syrup. You know? That that's such vital information because we have been told again and again to stay away from the things that we really like. Yes. And so you just saying that we can actually have Coca-Cola again yes. is like, oh, my God, a whole new world is opening up here. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. It's it's um, it's um, definitely – I mean, you can't – I mean, you, you don't need to cut out all those – everything. People say no bacon, no no um, eggs, no this. No, no, no. You can eat most of the stuff. Just, you know, listen to what I was saying on the show. There's certain things you should avoid and certain things that you can still be eating. And like I said, you don't have to give up Coke if you get the, the good kind of Coke. Um, Coca-Cola, that's good for you. You can you don't have to avoid it altogether. It's just watch you know watch what kinds you can get the the the, the style of foods you get. Watch yeah. out for those. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's good to know. Yes. What What else have you got for us? Oh, okay. So, um, in a previous segment, I we started with Chinese medicine, a little bit of Chinese medicine. Yeah. And our listeners gave us some good feedback on that, and so. Um, I kind of want to give a little bit more information on that, and 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 yeah. Chinese medicine is complicated, so I kind of, you know, uh, save more more for other shows. But today, let's let's revisit the colors in food because we haven't talked about that oh, in, a, I love in a while. Because you know, that. You, you go to your supermarket and you see you know red colored vegetables, orange colored vegetables, um, yellow colored, um, you know, green colored. I mean, you see all these colors, and you're thinking, well, is there a reason for these colors, or just there's a variety of colors just because it pleases our our sight? Or you know what we see, you know, um, and I was here to tell you that in Chinese medicine, five thousand years ago, the ancients, they figured out that there was a reason for each color of the foods, um, because every single organ in our body pertains to a certain color of the food, and so certain foods, the colors nourish certain parts of our organs. So, um, I don't, I don't mean to quiz you here, Jules, but do you kind of have a good recollection of some of the colors of the foods or where they go, or you don't really remember at all? No, I do, I do. Uh, but, okay, <laughs> so, I'm so going to tell you. Yeah, the, oh, the so one. Let, 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 yeah, let, let me go down the list. So green, <laughs> where, where, where did that, where, what organ does that go to? Green colored foods. Green. Uh, wait a minute, that's when I, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, ask me about red, and I'll tell you it's wine. Red wine and oh, the no, heart. Okay. No, no. Okay, so it's going to your heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So green, green nourishes the liver. Oh yes. Red, red foods nourish the heart. So like green is like broccoli, you know, uh, spinach. You know, green stuff nourishes the liver, right? Um, 
the red red color nourishes the heart. Right. The so that's tomatoes. Yes, that's tomatoes. Wine. Yeah, that's, red, red, um, red red peppers. You know, red, red bell, bell peppers. peppers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, yellow colors nourish the spleen. They have bananas. You know, yellow yellow peppers. You know, anything yellow nourishes the spleen. The um, white colored foods nourishes the lungs. Oh, your lungs. Yes. yes. And then black colored foods nour- nourishes your kidneys. Right. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. And, and I don't know. We had talked. We, see, my memory serves me right. Did we talk about the flavors, though? I don't know. We talked on, touched upon that. Oh, we, we kind of did. Yeah, we did. We did because okay. the bitter yes. is very good for the heart as well. Heart. Yes, which, which that explains why they say grapefruit is good for your heart because grapefruit is slightly bitter. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so um, there's five, five elements in Chinese medicine. So there's five main organs, five flavors, five colors, right? So the five flavors, uh, just briefly going over it again. The um, sour flavor goes to the liver. Liver. Yes. Um, the bitter taste, as you mentioned, that goes to the heart. The sweet taste, anything, anything sweet nourishes your spleen. Oh, okay. Okay. Like like stevia and things like that. That would nourish your... Yeah, spleen. Okay. Spleen. Um, any kind of spicy foods? Because in, in, in Western medicine, we have four flavors, but in, in Chinese medicine in the East, there's actually five because we count spicy as a flavor. That's a flavor. I see. Yeah. So spicy flavors uh, nourishes the lungs. And the salty taste, which is what makes the most of our foods, salty taste, nourishes the kidneys. Oh, interesting. And that is also water retention or not. So it's helping yes. the flow. Interesting. Yes. Now, I don't think I I'm, I covered this part before, but, you know, um, and, and, and this is an anatomy class or medical class, so I don't want to get too complicated, too detailed into this. But think of this. For every... Uh, Organ. There's another. How you would say it? Um, another organ. Um, that's what you could say. Because like a, there's a solid organ and there's an organ that's got that transmits uh, the energy to it. it or not, I can't say energy. The food through it. So for example, um, the five elements in Chinese medicine. There's five. So mm-hmm. there's wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. So these are the elements that kind of make up the earth, uh-huh. and the and our body. Our body is like a miniature Earth. So our liver is our is the wood. Fire corresponds to the heart. The earth corresponds to the spleen. The metal corresponds to our lungs, ah. and water corresponds to our kidneys. Okay, it, it sounds kind of bizarre or, or kind of hard to understand in the beginning, but it all makes sense later on as we talk more about more things. Uh-huh. Okay. Just think of our body as, because Western medicine just looks at our body as a bunch of chemicals. But right. Eastern, Eastern medicine looks at our body as if we're part of nature. We're, we're made from nature. So you're so, talking more like feng shui of the body. Yeah, exactly. So our liver is like wood. Like when you go out and you see a tree that's wood, our liver is like a wood. It's like wood. Okay. Not, not saying it's, it's made of wood specifically. Just saying that corresponds to wood. It's like, it's like an analogy. Uh-huh. Because everything makes sense this way when you look at it this way. Okay. And so um, uh, every organ has its own corresponding, uh, how would you say it, um, or, or organ that fl- things flow through. So, for example, a solid organ that is. So, for example, the liver is a solid organ, right? There's no holes mm-hmm. in it, no, no, no right. space inside. Okay. So the corresponding brother, a kind of little brother to the liver is the gallbladder. It sits right next to the liver. The liver produces bile. And the bile gets stored in the gallbladder. So ah. that's the second separate organ. So uh, sour foods not only nourish the liver, it also nourishes the gallbladder. I see. That's the little little brother. I call it the little brother. You know. Um, so uh, so for example, if it's, if it's the spleen, because the spleen is the pancreas, and the, we have the spleen and the pancreas in Chinese medicine, the spleen and the pancreas are together as one organ. And so the corresponding organ, little brother to that, that has actually things that flow through it is the stomach. Mm. 
So the spleen and stomach are like brothers. The spleen is the solid organ, and the stomach is the organ that food travels through. So when you eat something, it hits your stomach first, right? And then it moves right. through your body. So spleen and stomach are like brothers, like that, in that sense. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, yes. Um, the um, I'm trying to think. Oh, the um, uh, lungs. The lungs are metal, right? The lung is the corresponding metal. The lungs are like the solid organ, and the large intestine is like the little brother for the lungs. So whatever nourishes, whatever nourishes the lungs, also nourishes the large intestine too. So yeah, for our listeners, you don't need to remember all this, but this is, this is just shows you how the complexity of what I'm talking about. It gets very really complicated. Um, for the kidneys, for example, the sol- it's the solid organ, right? It filters water. Okay, so what's the what's the little brother to the kidneys then? Where does the water from the kidneys go to? The bladder. So the bladder is like the little the 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 other the other organ, the yin to the yin of the kidney. It's the opposite to that. You know, so for every major organ, there's a there's a a separate organ that everything flows through for that organ. So because people because people are going to say, well, you have five elements, and there's liver, heart, spleen lung and kidney but then we have other organs in our body how do you account for that right yeah, yeah. Right. so all the other ones the other organs account for those are like so like I said liver is gallbladder right heart and small intestine um, uh, lung and large intestine the um, uh, spleen and stomach right uh-huh. and then kidneys and bladder so that accounts for all the other organs that I didn't talk about before oh I see you see, so 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 let's go back real quick. So any kind of sour foods goes to the liver, nourishes the liver. Any kind of bitter foods nourishes the heart. Sweet foods nourishes the stomach. Spicy foods nourishes the lungs, and then salty foods nourishes the kidneys. Okay. Uh-huh. So think of it this way. Think of it. So so people are like, well, how does this apply in real life? Well, think of this. Like like is this is this physiologically true? Because if, for those of you who've who've taken Western physiology and are listening to me for the first time, you're gonna be like. Really? Like, <laughs> oh, I never learned this in school. That's not, that's not how it was taught in school. Well, think of it this way. When you eat spicy foods, what's one of the first reactions that happens to you? You're going, ah, ah, ah. You're like, ah, it's hot. So you're breathing harder because it's stimulating your lungs. Yeah. Spicy food goes to your lungs. Okay. And also, again, so what's the little brother of the, of the lungs? The large intestine. So both the large intestine and lungs are metal. Okay. okay corresponds to metal. Okay. So... Anybody that's ever eaten really spicy foods, not only are you are you panting, you're like, <sighs> okay. Yeah. But um, you can uh, most people can also tell me that the next day when they have to use the restroom, uh, <laughs> I think spicy foods, they're gonna they're gonna realize they're gonna feel it too. And then the reason why you feel it is because spicy foods nourishes the metal organ, which is the lungs, and the large intestine. So you're gonna feel it both ways. <laughs> so that, 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 that that's the physiologic reason why you feel that. Both the time you're eating it and the next day when you're getting when you're trying to get rid of it, you yeah, know the spicy. I've heard you, know, that. you know the spicy feel. Yeah. But by the way, I just saw a report that said that people who eat spicy food live longer. It just came out in a report, so there is something to what you're saying because it's lungs. It makes so much sense. Yes. 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 So, um, yeah. I mean. Uh, I think uh, as Americans and me growing up in America, I think the two flavors that we only most of us really most Americans are aware of that nobody know is the salty and sweet flavors. Right. Yeah. So there's three other flavors that you're not getting. Most Americans aren't getting. And so to 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 have a healthy, balanced diet, you need the five flavors, mm-hmm. a combination. And I know a lot of Americans hate hate the sour flavor because they say, oh, when I eat the sour, it makes my jaw right here, it makes my teeth numb, you know, whatever. I feel, yeah. I feel that twinge. So they avoid sour foods. Um, a lot of Americans avoid spicy foods. Yeah. I'm, and, yeah. And, and, and I know sure as heck a lot of Americans avoid bitter foods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than alcohol. But, yeah, they'll put it yeah. in the alcohol. Does oh. that help the alcohol at all? Well, the bitter, it can't it, hurt it, it, it. It does, it does, it does. But most what happens is most people overdo the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, start eating more grapefruit. You know, uh, uh, that gets it going. And um, you know, if you can find it in Asian stores, you have what's known as bitter melons. Yeah. Yeah, and so that that, that the bitter melons is good for your heart. It's really good for your heart. So anything so, anything bitter is good for your heart. The bitter melons are bitter. 
Oh, so they, yeah. If they're oh, yeah. much more bitter than grapefruit or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a cucumber that's been dehydrated. Uh, uh, it, lo- it looks like a dehydrated, a shriveled up, or, or look, think of it as a cucumber. It's a 20-year-old person and the um, the skin of a 20-year-old, and then the bitter melon has a skin of like the 100-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's usually cooked. It's hard. It's, I mean, you have to know how to prepare it too. It's usually cooked with salted black beans to neutralize. Because it's so bitter, to neutralize that. But um, if you can't get bitter melons, the next best thing would be, you know, like grapefruit juice. You know, I think. Okay. You drink some grapefruit juice all the time. It's good for your heart. And plus, grapefruit juice. If you're getting the pink grapefruit, it's red colored. So the combination of the red and the uh, flavor of the bitter is helping your heart a lot. So. Good. And and. You would also stress, though, that you need to look at the sugar content because if it's a lot of sugar, unless it's the real sugar cane. Well, no, no. Well, uh, no. Uh, fruit juices shouldn't be putting any sugar in it. Fruit juices, you have to buy the not from concentrate. Not from con- concentrate. Well, that's a that's an important factor here. Yes. Oh, huge, huge. Because most juices that you buy, it'll say from concentrate, from concentrate. When it means com- from concentrate, it means it's added sugar in there. So if you can find the, the the supermarket, especially Tropicana Pure Premium, it'll say not from concentrate. So that means it's, you know, most time it's freshly squeezed. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's good. huge. Yeah. So all the all these little tidbits, you know, um, tell you why there's color in food. The fast, It's fascinating. Why there's color in food. Why there's different flavors of food. So if you eat, if you eat like a red delicious apple, the apple, yeah. that, that the skin color is, is like red, right? Red right. colored. And then the, 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 the and then the the meat of the apple tastes uh, sweet, right? So that that kind of apple, the the sweet flavor um, nourishes your spleen and stomach, and the red color nourishes the heart. Oh. But if you eat a green apple, the green nourishes the liver, liver. and then, and then the sour, the flesh is sour. That also nourishes the liver. So green apple is really good for your liver. Yeah. So all apples aren't created equal. That's right, because yeah. on diets, they're always saying, eat green apples. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Very good. Yeah. So, so when, once you know the five flavors and then the five um, uh, colors, then you have a much better understanding of uh, why when you go to the supermarket, why there's color in foods, why foods taste different, why, why, why there's different the flavors in food. This makes sense. It'll make sense to you. That's why I want to hit this home for our listeners. This is super practical because when you go to the supermarket now, you'll know exactly um, why there's flavors and colors in foods. Yeah. And we should be eating a variety of colors, not just one particular color. Yeah, and flavors. And flavors, flavors. yeah. Yes. So let me expand on this a little bit more. I know I've I'm given quite a bit of information in a short period of time. So let me expand this just a little bit more. I don't want to get, again... Lose, lose our listeners here because it's easy <laughs> to lose them with, with all these information. So five colors, five elements. Okay. Now let's go into where – what's a good way to say it? All of these organs, the five organs, the five main organs. Okay, let's go back again. Liver, heart, spleen, um, the uh, lungs, and the kidneys. They are, they, these organs manifest into something. They open up into another part of our body. So, for example, the liver opens up into the eyes. So your eyesight is controlled by your liver. Believe it or not. Yes. Really? Your eyesight, yes. Yes. So your liver opens up to your eyes. Okay. Your heart opens up into your tongue. So that's why, if you, if, I mean, I don't know, have, have you ever seen the Chinese medicine doctor before or you haven't? Never really seen No, him? I haven't. No, I okay. haven't. Okay, so anybody that's ever really been to a Chinese medicine doctor, one of, the, one of the first things they'll tell you to do is stick out your tongue. Now, a Western doctor is going to tell you to stick out your tongue because he wants to look into your throat and put the, right. put the light inside. But a Chinese medicine doctor can, can see a lot of things on your, on your heart by looking at your tongue. Really? Yes, the heart opens up into the tongue. Wow, yeah. that is so fascinating. Yes. Okay. Okay, so yeah, heart and tongue. So the um, uh, yeah, the heart controls the tongue. The liver controls the eyes. Your spleen controls your muscles. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard of this before. No, never. Really, most people never have. Most people never have. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, the um, the lungs control your skin. Uh huh. Okay, and then finally your kidneys. They kind of open up into your um, they open up into your ears. That's really? The orifice. Yeah, that's the orifice. Yes. Yeah. So so your so your your hearing is controlled by your kidneys too. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Wow. Now, now, have you noticed that the shape of your ears kind of looks like the shape of your kidneys? How they're rounded? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if if you're going deaf, it has to do with your kidneys. A lot of times, yes. Obviously, yeah. A lot of times, yes. Holy smokes! Yes, your oh kidneys. My. Your kidneys are actually um, our, our kidneys are actually very overlooked as part of our body. Everybody talks about the heart, the stomach, the large intestine. People really talk about the kidneys, but yet, if you had to name arguably the most important organ in the body, it's kidneys. It's your kidneys. Th- think of this, okay? Let's go back to the the five elements and the five organs, okay? So we had wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, right? right? Now, all these are important elements, right? But if you had to make the case for the one most important element out of these five, what would you think that would be? Now, now it's not a trick question. When 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 the when astronomers or uh, astronauts go or people go space exploring, what do they say is the one element that can show that there's, there's life on other planets? What's the single element they tell you? Uh, water. Water, right? Yep. See, right? So that wasn't right. a trick question. If you find water, then there's life. If, without water, there's no life, right? Even on Earth. Right. If you have yeah. no water on Earth, there's no life, right? So uh, as going back to what I said, the five organs and the five lines, which which organ controls water? The kidneys. Our kidneys, yes. Holy smokes. So the kidneys control our entire water system in our bodies. So we always say the heart is the most important organ, and you can make that case, but the kidneys are super-duper important. Now, where are the kidneys located? In our back? It, under, under right. In our back, really. And, and if you ever take an anatomy class, you'll notice that the kidneys are very well protected. There's a lot of fat and other stuff, that tissue that covers the kidneys. Mm-hmm. So when you see people get shot... They'll say, oh, I got shot in the stomach, I got shot in the heart, I got shot all these places. You very rarely ever hear someone get shot in the kidneys. That's right. You don't hear about that. Because the kidneys are so well protected, because the kidneys are so vital to our life. Wow. Yeah, at, at any given moment, the kidney is filtering water on our body. If you don't have the kidneys, if the kidneys aren't functioning correctly, you'll be dead. The kidneys, the kidneys are so small, but they do an incredible amount of work, and and that's why we have we, we we might have one heart, we might have one liver, but we have two kidneys. <laughs> see, see the two things that keep us alive, air and water. That's what we have two organs for. We have two lungs and two kidneys. That's what keep us alive. That's why you have two of them. So in case one goes bad, we have another one. We can still survive. Wow. That's why we have two. That's why you know everything else is one organ. We have two of the other ones. Okay, so the kidneys are super, super important. It yes. sounds like it. I had no idea. Yes, yes. Um, um, and just so you know, when their kidneys go bad and we can't filter blood the right way, what do people go into? They go to, they go to dialysis. They have to do right. dialysis. And dialysis is a big machine they got to hook you up with, and it filters your blood out. And you have to go like a, many, a few times a week because if you don't do it, you're going to die because your kidneys aren't functioning right. Right. Yes. So, but, yeah, if you if you can't release the fluid, that's it. Yeah, if it's not filtered correctly, if it's not being done correctly, then you're, then you're done. You're, you'll be dead. So, um, huge, huge. So our kidneys, our kidneys control our, uh, manifest into our ears. They look like our ears, too. You know? But, um, yes, the liver, going back to what I said, but the, the liver controls the eyesight. So, I was, and, and the thing is, when I learned this, I was like, so why is that when I learned, they said uh, on windshield wiper fluid, when you buy windshield wiper fluid, it says, do not drink can cause blindness. Like, like how does drinking a poison cause blindness, right? Well, now that we know, because all poisons in our body gets detoxified by the liver. So when you drink a poison, it goes into your liver, it damages your liver, at the same time, it'll kill your eyesight. Because the liver controls the eyesight. Wow. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. So, wow, this is ringing a lot of bells for me. I yeah. just had no idea. Yes, yes. 
And and the reason why, and here uh, since we're on the subject, the reason why the um, diabetics get blind, you hear about diabetics getting blindness, right? Right. It's not from diabetes. Diabetes is not self-caused blindness. It's because diabetics, when they're diabetic, they take insulin, and insulin is not produced by their body. It's artificial insulin. Over time, this insulin is like a poison to their body, and it kills their liver out. Wow. Yeah. If you, so, have diabetes, if you have diabetes and it's not treated, you won't go blind, but your kidneys will go bad. But if you, so, if you take insulin for that, your, you know, your, your liver goes bad over time. Yeah. If you are having eye problems like glaucoma or um, just not seeing things well or it's deteriorating, then you kind of have to look at what's going on with the liver. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I mean, there's there's definitely liver issues. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's other issues in play too. Um, if if you're living in Florida where we have a lot of sun, that, you uh -huh. know, as you, as you speak, a lot of sun. A lot of times, the sun. If you're not, if you don't have enough vitamin C in your diet, again, go back to my session on vitamin C and vitamin D. If you don't have enough vitamins in your diet, the sunlight, the U ultraviolet light, can react with chemicals in your eyes to cause, you know, glaucoma and things of the sort, eye issues. So, I mean, this is just a generalization. I mean, there's so, our, our bodies are super complicated. There's always a lot of things involved. I mean, what I'm just telling, here, telling you here is just a generalization. It's not, it's, not, it's not a medical course. It's not a doctor's course. This isn't a course for doctors or anything. This is for the layperson, you know. So, um, but yes, yeah, a lot, but, the but liver control is a lot of part of the eyesight. Yeah, but it yeah. won't. If, you have, if you're having eye problems, it's not going to hurt for you to go and research out your liver. Have a couple of tests to find out what's going on, too. Yes, yes, yeah. It's not going to hurt to do that, yes. Because it could start, it could be something from there. Okay, yes. that's interesting to yes. know. Yes. So, and so, so, like I said, and, and the heart, um, the heart controls our blood vessels, and the heart opens up into the tongue. And so, you know, Chinese medicine doctors will tell you, stick your tongue out, and then you stick your tongue out, and they can see your tongue. They can garner a lot of information. If, if there's like a white coating in your tongue, it means there's too much dampness in your body. Oh. Yeah, if it's too, if it's a, a yellow coating, it means you have too much heat in your body. Oh, wow. Yes. And, and actually, this is something that um, conventional medicine does not go into, which, you know, I'll briefly touch upon here. Um, there's heat and there's dampness. There's something in our bodies. So. Right. Um, Western medicine doesn't really look at temperature. They they say, oh, if you have ninety eight point six, you're healthy. That's your that you're healthy. That's your that's that's your temperature. But I'm not I'm not talking about that kind of heat. I'm talking about heat that's inside inside your organs, inside your body. There's, there's heat. And so when you eat too much spicy foods, it can cause too much heat. If you don't get enough sleep, you can get heat. Have you noticed? Uh, I remember you've seen people. Some people that haven't been sleeping well, they're stressed out. They break out with pimples sometimes. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. It's because when you don't sleep well, you build up too much heat in your body. And so you might your your temperature might register normal with a thermometer, but you have heat in your body, which is not normal. And heat means inflammation. Inflammation, but actual literally heat, like blow dryer heat inside your like that kind of heat. You have too much of that in your body. Yes, yes. Um, uh, dampness. Okay, so what's dampness? Dampness is like think of it as a towel. I I put a towel on water. I wring out I wring out all the water, right? But no matter right. how much water I remove, that towel is still damp, right? Uh-huh. Well we can have too much of that in our body too. And so that can cause a lot of problems. So when people can um, too much dampness, they can get sweaty, they have all sorts of issues. People that sweat a lot, they have too much dampness in their body. So all these terms are new to for someone who hasn't really ever studied Chinese medicine, this is all new terms to you. Because it's gonna be you know, this yeah. is kind of the stuff we that we know about or Chinese medicine knows about. And, um, but yeah, this is just scratching the surface, giving people an idea of what's going on. You know, five elements. If you know the colors, you know the organs, you got to keep reviewing what, what me and Jules talked about. Again, I don't expect you to memorize anything here, but once you kind of have a grasp of the five elements, a lot of things that I talk about kind of make sense to you. I yeah. think this is so smart because if you're not feeling well, I. I'm not a big fan of Western medicine, and this is more individual healing of the body. So you can research it out yourself yes. without even having to go to Western medicine. Yes. Now, I'm not here to say, oh, 
you know, Chinese medicine is better than Western medicine or Western medicine is better than Chinese medicine. What I'm going to tell our listeners here is that Western medicine is a great thing. Ch- Chinese medicine was here 5,000 years ago. It's still with us. Um, Western medicine has only been around for the last few hundred years. Okay. Neither one is, I can't say superior to somebody else, but what I'm trying to say is medicine, you need both Western and Eastern combined together. So if someone has a really bad chest infection, they might need antibiotics to save them. Antibiotics would be great in this situation. You always look at both sides of the picture and you determine what is best for you and what is the best you want to use in this situation. You know, um, drugs have their uses and natural stuff and Chinese herbs have their uses too. There's a lot of you know great things about it. Um, so uh, but both that, sides have their merits. You know, I don't want to say one superior to the other, I'm, but but since most people already know about antibiotics and the Western medicine. The subject of our show is to focus more on the Eastern side, which is very well unknown, relatively unknown, because it's not taught in school. Very few people know about this information, and that's why I, you know, I'll, I'll throw in Western medicine sometimes. We, 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 we used to have a callers call in, and I'll throw that in a little bit here and there. But for the purposes of our show, I'm going to focus more on that, much more on the Eastern, because that is what's not being taught. Most people don't know about it. It's like a mystery. It's like it's like a mysterious kind of art, and I'm trying right. to demystify it on our show. Right, right. So. When a person goes to Chinese medicine, the the Chinese doctor mm-hmm. is really taking a more holistic view. They're checking out all of these things as opposed to the Western who is doing all these tests and may not correspond to everything together. Yes, that, that's a great point you bring up. So I want to tell listeners, give, a little, give us, you know, because I've been talking so much about Chinese medicine, let me give a little bit more about the history of it. So that's, we have a little, okay, ti- a, little, a little time left here, you know. And this is great because you brought this up, so let me give our listeners the untold story of how everything kind of happened. This great. is like, this is gold mine right now, okay, and gold mine information. Okay, so you got to remember, 5,000 years ago, we didn't have electricity. Right. Okay. We didn't have electricity to power all these great machines that we have, blood tests, X-rays, and all these, all these, all these things that we have today. Right. Right. So we had to rely upon other means of diagnosing disease. So the human body is super complicated, and Chinese doctors at that time they discovered ingenious ways to diagnose for disease without using uh, te- uh, scientific technology instruments. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Like you said, like you were saying, Jules, holistic. So they would feel the pulse. So, so Western medicine, they just they just feel the pulse. They just tell your heart right by your pulse. Okay, but the pulse is actually super complicated. A really trained Chinese medicine doctor can tell you a lot about your body just by your pulse. Oh. It's crazy, crazy sensitive. Your pulse. If you know how to read it right, your pulse tells you a lot. The body has a lot of symptoms that you can read. So Chinese medicine's basically taught taught that, okay, I'm not going to need the x-rays, the blood tests, all the fancy uh, uh, medical stuff. The human body is going to give me symptoms and it's going to tell me things that the patient can tell me symptoms that I can garner and evaluate and diagnose based on all these things. So a, Ch- a, a skilled, truly trained Chinese medicine doctor can tell you amazing things about your body without any of those kind of tests that you talk about. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy how, how sensitive it is. Okay. The only problem with this is is that Chinese medicine, like martial arts, is a secret art. Yeah. It's not taught to like for someone to have learned this information, you had to have been taught by a master. Who was taught by a master? Who was taught by a master? Right. Most of this information is not taught to the outside. And, and and it's mostly left in the household. So if you're from an outside family, you're not gonna be taught this. Um, fathers are only going to teach their sons, not their daughters. Why is that, David? Because because women marry out of the family, oh. and so you don't want you don't want this information being transmitted out of the family. Well, that's logical. Yes, that's how it was okay. in ancient times. Okay, I get it. I get yes. it. Yes. So what had happened was here's the untold story. For generations and generations, this, the the art of Chinese medicine was passed down from master to apprentice or from father to son, uh-huh. and a lot of times. Um, the master to the apprentice, the master wouldn't teach the apprentice everything he would know because the master didn't want his apprentice to be better than he would. Oh. So the master would always teach his apprentice 70% of what he knew. He would leave the remaining 30% out. But to his son, he would teach everything too. 
And this is the way it was in martial arts and, and many other things in China, in China, in history, in Chinese history. And so as the generations went down, the art would get lost less and less because the, 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 the master from five generations ago knows a heck of a lot more than this guy who has been taught 70% of that, 70% of that, 70% of that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the full 100% of the art was never transmitted completely to the next person. You see, mm-hmm. this is how it always was. Okay, and then what happened was China went through a lot of turmoil. The emperor, the emperor in China lost his control because he didn't modernize, and you know, uh, a little short history lesson here. They didn't modernize, so all these other countries went in, took China over. The China went through a period of a revolution, and then uh, the, the the national communi- uh, national party came up, the communist party came up, and then the communists and nationalists fought each other in China. There was a big turmoil. Then eventually the national the national part nationalist party lost, and the communists took over China. This is around <laughs> the forty the late 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 forties. Okay. Interesting. Okay, so once the communists took over, the president or the chairman of China, the big big the big wig leader, okay, of China, his name is Mao. So we all right. know we all know Mao. Well, toward the late uh, mid fifties, later sixties, Mao started to get old. And Mao started to lose control of China. I mean, he started to lose. He started to get old. And he started to believe that he would start to lose his his power because once you have power, you don't want to lose that kind of absolute power, right? Right. They so start to lose that power. So Mao decided, you know what? The only way for me to regain my power, and he started to get suspicious. He started to think that people were out to get him, like to take his spot away, to kill him, and to replace him. Which in actuality later proved no one, no one, no one dared. But in his mind, he was thinking that. Okay. He's, he started to get paranoid. Okay, so uh-huh. Mao said the only only way for me to eliminate this kind of problem is for me to blow it all up and start over again. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow China up and start off from the beginning again. That's how that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna do this. So Mao started what was known as the Cultural Revolution, uh-huh. and the Cultural Revolution was designed to kind of blow China up, like start all over again, and he could be the new leader again. Okay, and have no one that no one can contest him. Okay, so what I'm trying to get at here with this whole point of the story is. The way you had, the way you cleanse the country is to get rid of people that are educated. When people are educated and smart, they can they can rally up and go against you, right? But when people are illiterate and uneducated, they can't they can't go against you, right? Wow. Yeah. So the Red Army and his his supporters went went out and started to get rid of all the people that were educated. And eventually, the Cultural Revolution spiraled out of control to where Mao. Was it got so bad that even though Mao knew that it was so bad, he 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 couldn't stop it. It just it just went out of control, out of his control. And he was too old by then to do anything about it. And so at that time, a lot of Chinese medicine doctors were killed. A lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people with knowledge were killed. Wow. And so once they were killed, the um a lot of them fled. They went to Hong Kong or they fled to um Taiwan. Well, a lot of these masters fled the country. Yeah, because you can get persecuted. And so, um, my uncle's master was one of the masters that fled fled from China to Taiwan uh-huh. during that during that Cultural Revolution. It was ten years of of turmoil, of total turmoil. And so that the, the Cultural Revolution, I'm sorry, the Cultural Revolution explains why China after nine, it went ten years from '66 to '76. After '76, that's why China was a mess. It, it it went from back in the, in the in the glory days, China was the world's number one superpower, and then right. it went and it went down. That, that's why that's why people don't don't realize how how powerful China was, and that's why it went down so so bad because of the, of the Cultural Revolution. It really tore China apart. Wow. So around '76, that's when Nixon went to visit China, in that time, mm. and by that time, all the masters were gone, of of martial arts, a lot of Chinese arts, of uh, a lot of trades, a lot of secrets, a lot of secret arts. They were gone. And so um, Chinese medicine in China was gone almost, was lost, you know. And um, a lot of the masters ended up, ended up in Taiwan or Hong Kong. So a lot of people thought, well, if I want to learn Chinese medicine, I'm going to go to China, the birthplace of Chinese medicine, which was true, but most of them didn't know about the Cultural Revolution. Right. That's what destroyed China, yeah. Interesting. See, see, in Japan and Germany. Remember, you see those pictures of, of World War II, how they were bombed into submission, like atom bomb G- Japan, and Germany was blown to bits. Right. But and you see how how quickly they rebuilt their country, right? They were able to produce great cars and machines, and 
You're, and, you're, and you're like, well, how did Japan and Germany do it? And why couldn't China do it? Okay. The reason why this happened is because even though we destroyed Japan and Germany, the people, the smart people, they were still there. They never disappeared. So as long as the smart people are there, you can rebuild the country. But in China, with the Cultural Revolution, all the smart people, people that were educated, were gone. So it was really difficult to rebuild the country when people that had no what to do, that knew what to do, were gone. They were all killed or gone or left. Wow. Chinese medicine, you know, as part of our topic, Chinese medicine was part of that. So a lot of Chinese, like even though Chinese medicine today, we have people that know a lot about it, but the, the true power of Chinese medicine is, is not around as much as you would think anymore. It's not. Wow. And, and Bruce Lee was so powerful in martial arts because why? Well, obviously he was talented, no question about it, but because he was taught by a true master who was taught by a true master. Ah. Yeah, unless you're taught by a true master, you have to have the talent, obviously, but unless you're taught by a true master, you're not even, even as talented as you are, you're not going to be given that kind of information on how to do something, a trade, a wow. skill. Yes. That is so fascinating. Let me ask you one question. Yeah though about Chinese medicine they do talk about emotions that have play a, a significant part of the health or not yes and great question and we can save that for the ne- because because the five elements correspond to the five emotions in the body uh now yeah. David we've got to talk about that one uh, we yeah. have to oh I, yeah yeah, that's that's one I want to hear. Yeah, that, that's okay, a great that's a great run do. into the a great a little teaser for the next show. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Uh-huh. That yeah. the emotions that affect the health and it corresponds with the feng shui of the body. Yes, yes. Oh my God, you're gonna you're gonna, gonna really like that show. one. Yeah, you're gonna like that yeah. one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I am. Okay, and we are out of time, Doctor David Che. Gosh, you bring such a wealth of knowledge to us. Thank you so much. No, it's always my pleasure to share this information with our listeners. And, you know, for our listeners, I just want to let you know, I mean, we're, me and Jules have been doing this show, um, you know, because my specialty is not just this uh, medical stuff, but the law of attraction. And for our mm-hmm. listeners, I want to offer you, um, if you go to my website, totallawofattraction.com, which I think Jules has on the bottom of the video anyway, totallawofattraction.com, go to my website if you buy a paperback copy of my book, and uh, if you email me the receipt of the of the of the you know, that you purchased it, and if you can if you can post a review for me online, uh, I can offer you a half hour consultation session of either law of attraction or uh, medical information, something about your health. I can give you a half hour Skype consultation, and I will do it for free. If you go online and purchase my book, show me proof, and post a nice review for me online that I'll give you my as my gift to you I will give you a half hour uh, Skype cons- consultation on medical or law of attraction information wow that is great that is great and um, you are going to have an advertisement in the April issue of law of attraction magazine so I will put that down at the bottom too of that ad to make sure that people go and do that you we probably won't see you for another month or two. You'll be so busy with them. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, well worth it. I mean, I know people love chatting with you about their law of attraction issues. Oh, yeah. And if, if only to get verification yeah. that they're doing it right. And, and then just to talk about this sensational story of Chinese medicine. Yes. Uh, how can you go wrong so that's neat so just go one more time you're going to go purchase the paperback version through amazon or no total law of attraction or anywhere as long as you can you know because the book is on walmart.com as long as you can you can purchase it anywhere where books are sold the paperback um but as long as you just email me the receipt uh you know my my email address is total law of attraction at gmail.com if you just email me email me the receipt and if you can post a review of my book online uh from wherever you purchased it um, then that'll be that's all you need to do. Okay, yeah. you know it, it just doesn't get any better having a um, private consultation with the world's greatest law of attraction expert here. So uh, I know you're going to be busy. Well, thank you again, David. It's been a terrific show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, thanks for having me. I guess it's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, mine, mine too. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.